Ben Richmond, welcome back to the show. Hey team, great to be here. Yeah, so what's new at Zero? Oh, lots on. It's been it's been a pretty crazy uh, six to twelve months since I think we last saw each other in St. Louis. So uh, we just got back off a big roadshow. Um, so we visited partners across uh, the east, west, coast, and central parts of the country. Uh, so we launched lots of product as part of that, which I'd love to get into. Um, we had our big Xerocon down in Sydney, um, um, but the big news as part of that was we are bringing Xerocon back uh, to the USA next year in Nashville, of all places. So we're going to go to the home of country music. Uh, lots of Australian, New Zealand and partners from around the world also looking to come across. We're sort of switching Xerocon up a little bit. So instead of doing every country every year, we're going to start to sort of move it around. Um, and what was really exciting was just to see how many partners actually want to start jumping around the world. So it was the first time we're sort of testing uh, this new format. So uh, yeah, I'm sort of been pumped. Our, t- our teams are out in the street, busy catching back with, you know, it's, the pandemic seems to be predominantly behind us now. So we're, we're back out in front of our partners, um, seeing all our good accounting and bookkeeping partners in the, in the flesh, which has been awesome in their offices. Uh, and lots of, I think the big thing for me is lots of great product coming out for the US. So lots of US specific product. Um, that we've been building for a long time. I mean, your sales tax is, is, has been a almost like doing open heart surgery uh, on the product. So lots to go through. So regarding the conference in Nashville, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you're going to have a rotating flagship show. And because of this, you're expecting um, accountants, bookkeepers, vendor partners from UK, from Australia, New Zealand, all to come to the States. This is kind of the yeah, so some will, some won't. So we will have next year. We'll have uh, both London um, and and the US. So okay. instead of doing every country in every spot, we'll we'll sort of move it around. And so, what <clears throat> I know, I spoke to lots of Australian, New Zealand partners that are going up to the London event. Um, Nashville's obviously a massive draw card uh, as well. But we're already starting to see that. And obviously, and you guys have seen as well the sort of globalisation of um, politics in the world might have gone the other way. But there's sort of been this globalisation. Um, in the technology space, so we already saw lots of partners starting to actually travel to different Xerocons. And so okay. by sort of moving them into a rotating, rotating schedule like that, um, we can start to bring sort of more of the global community together. And there's so, I mean, having spent so much time in New Zealand and Australia myself, um, and then have spent seven years up here in the USA, um, there's a lot that's different about all the different countries. Um, this, you know, each country's got its different strengths and weaknesses, particularly when you think about, you know, you know, moving to the cloud, which I can't believe we're still talking about, but that's still happening in lots of places. Um, and, you know, building on these new services, the explosion of AI and that. And so I think bringing, um, but there's a lot of stuff that's the same, right? We might have different vernacular or semantics. So I'm kind of excited to start bringing, seeing partners come together and share like that. And I think there's already networks that exist, um, um, but this is really doing it on a really big scale. So ZeroCon Nashville is going to be in 2024 in August. The dates are August 14th and 15th, 2024 in Nashville, which is right after my birthday, Ben. So this is like a little birthday present. Thank you very much. No problem. We'll have to, we'll have to mark that down the calendar so we, we celebrate uh, at Xerocon together. Yeah, the, year, the day before. I'm the 13th. So uh, fantastic. Well, let's talk about new product. Uh, what has come out recently? What should accountants and bookkeepers be aware of that's new in the product? And can you give us any sneak peek at uh, what is coming? Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk about what's out and um, what people can get in and have a play with now. Because um, as accountants, bookkeepers, we actually love to be able to play with things, not see slide decks. 
um, and and what's what we've got planned. So we've talked a lot in the US about making sure that the, you know Zero's platform has a lot of innovation in it globally. Um, but you know, for the US market, there were specific you know complexities in the market that we just had to get right. Um, so sales tax was a massive piece of that. Um, and, and and so we were at the roadshow. We have basically launched that. We're calling it a limited preview release, but under the advanced settings, you can now get in there and turn it on. And what that what that's allowing you to do is to basically within our current business edition uh, SKUs, uh, you can both calculate uh, sales tax, do your reporting on sales tax. Um, that is all powered by our partnership by Avalera, um, but we've been building that all into the core parts of uh, what, what customers call Blue Zero, um, so that you can calculate report on sales tax. And then if you want to use the e-filing capability, um, it then takes you across uh, into Avalara. But from a customer's perspective, it's just as though it's in Blue Zero, um, and it all sits in the current SKU. So that's out there now. You can go turn that on. We've had that in beta with customers for quite a while. Um, so there's been plenty of our partners that have been in there um, testing and playing with it. As you can imagine, putting 14,000 lines of sales tax code into zero um, was a bit like open heart surgery. So it's been really, really excited to see the product teams bring this to life. So sales tax was the big one. If you think about what that means um, for an AB or an accountant or bookkeeper, you know, if I want to use zero in my practice, whether I'm using it for my CAS practice, um, and I've got goods-based clients and I've got service-based clients as well, um, you know, being able to run one platform across both is is, is an efficiency play. Um, and so we've always been really strong in the service-based sector, but this really opens up goods-based businesses for us, you know, which are the predominant ones that have to, you know, obviously calculate, solve sales tax. What excites me also about, you hear me say excited a lot, um, is, is, you know, sales tax in the US is really complex. Um, and I've been involved with the product teams and a lot of the customer focus group testing. Um, and sort of what I can sort of gather is about 90% of US small businesses probably do their sales tax wrong. Um, and so I think <laughs> what we're really passionate about is how do we make it easier and how do we bring that account and bookkeeper front and center so that they can, and, and one of my favorite quotes from one of the customer testing with our partner was, hey, I've generally steered away from helping small business clients with sales tax. With the way you guys are building the functionality, this you know maybe look at actually helping small businesses do this and help them with their filing, um, which is another service. Um, so that that excites us as well. And we've really thought about how we bring the ABs front and centre. So that's out now. If you're a zero customer or partner, you can jump into the advanced settings and and turn that on. And and, and again, the teams that are building that, there's there's more and more launches coming as we keep you know building out that functionality. Uh, they're moving on to. Um, uh, 1099, right? So 1099 is still critical. So you know, every year we put new updates. There's obviously regulatory changes that go through in that space as well. Um, but we did a lot of um, just updates we launched at the roadshow, particularly around how you can get information from contractors that you're often left chasing um, uh, at the at the end of the year. So we've made a really nice space where someone can send out a link. It doesn't matter whether or not they're a zero user. They can upload those documents, and the software is going to track who you've got important documents for or not, just to make that whole 1099 process easier at the end of the year. So um, updates in the 1099 space there. Um, big one as well, you would probably... And, and, and is that both sides? Because I know that the big problem I have is I send invoices to people, then I always forget to send them our W-9. Like, are you, do, are you handling stuff on both sides? We are on this. It'll, it'll chase them for the W-9. So actually, it runs a whole register for you of who you got on W-9 from and who you haven't. Okay. Um, and then, and then it makes it easier for them to, for you to for you to go after them. But I'm not sure on the other side. Uh, it, basically, what they get is a link um, via an email. They'll click on that link. It'll take them into uh, into what looks like a zero environment where they can upload their information. And then it's going to trigger you as the zero user on the other side to say, "Hey, that that W9 has been uploaded. Uploaded. Here's the ones you're still chasing." Got it. 
Uh, and then on the other side, um, you probably would have uh, recalled a few years ago, we acquired a business out of California called Locate. Um, the team at Locate had built awesome uh, inventory um, for the US market. And so they've been busy um, busy beavering away. Basically, what we've done is completely recoded in the zero environment, what we're calling XIP, Zero Inventory Plus. Um, and this is the first iteration of us really getting you know, into the game for inventory, particularly businesses that are in the retail or retail hybrid and e-commerce space with all the connections to the sales channels that they're using. Um, we unveiled this. Again, we've got a beta available at the moment. People are jumping into it. Uh, it's pretty close to release. I'm hoping to get the first big release out um, coming in, in the next couple of months. Uh, so we unveiled that at ZeroCon. Uh, sorry, our Zero Roadshows. We had partner working sessions with partners where they could get in and play with it. Um, and partners are able to sign up now and get in, get in and have a play with it as well. So we're getting constant feedback uh, as we bring that to launch. Another exciting moment for me on this space, one is we, you know, one of the reasons we really like the Locate team was they took a really accounting-first mindset to how they developed inventory and its connection with accounting. So obviously you see great inventory players out there that just haven't thought about how, to, how that all turns into accounting data. Um, and so it, as we thought about how we build that clean into zero, um, XIP has, all those, it has that accounting-first mentality in it, so everything's going to be working well. We've been working really hard to make sure the key channel partners uh, signed up, it would be the different online places that people sell uh, goods and services in the e-commerce space. So really excited to have that. That plus sales tax um, is really us coming in saying, hey, we're here um, and we're serious in the goods-based space in the USA. Ben, I have a question. So I'm when the, is that going to be okay. – sorry, David. So, so Ben, when is that going to be out of beta available for anyone to use? Yes, yeah, the current plan and obviously is always the caveat and software things change. So it's in beta now. Um, we sort of had sort of rolling betas where it's gone deeper and deeper and more partners have come in. We opened it up wider at the, the roadshows recently. Um, plan right now is to hopefully go to um, a launch in November with then rolling launches rolling right throughout um, the remainder of the calendar into early next calendar year as well. So all going well, we'll be opening up um, much more aggressively in the November timeframe. And what sort of businesses will be able to use this new inventory system? Like, what is it best for? And, yep. you know, who would it not be appropriate for? If I'm looking at my client base, you know, who would I want to put on it right away? Yeah, great question. So, um, look, we so we have a great range of ecosystem partners in the inventory space, right, that deal with very complex inventory scenarios. So if you've got warehousing, raw materials, and all that sort of stuff, this is not where it's aimed for uh, at the moment, right? This is... What I'd say is it's been really aimed for is the sort of simple retail businesses that have a hybrid between selling online through e-commerce mm-hmm. or in bricks and mortar. Um, there's, it's amazing from our research how many of those small businesses are still using Excel um, for a lot of that as well. So if you're at that sort of, I would encourage uh, the AB, our, our partners that are out there, those clients that are um, simple to medium complexity that are selling through e-commerce or a mixture of both in the retail space, they're going to be the best first clients to test for it. Um, to, to throw on and have a play with it um, as we roll it out. And again, we'll be bringing more and more features to the market. So what we launch isn't, you know, we're done and we're, we're, we're moving on. We'll be continually iterating it from customer feedback and looking at different parts of the market um, to go after as well. Um, yep. And as you, you probably know, Blake, it's, it'll have the right valuation method too for US inventory, which is something we've been working very hard on. Oh, yes. The accountants will be very excited. And Ben, is this uh, inventory, is, is, a, is a separate, app still like the code's going to still be separate or are you fully integrating this into it's zero inventory and it's just zero code yeah so it's zero code so it's, so it's, it's still the way we're going to sell xip and it's a future horizons coming of it right so xip 
it's still going to be a, an additional thing you turn on. So if you're using one of our business edition SKUs, you can turn on the XIP uh, inventory uh, add-on. But it's not the thing we we acquired. The team have fully recoded it in a clean okay. zero code environment. So it looks like zero. Um, so, you know, it's not something we bought and then gone, hey, it's all integrated over here and looks completely different to zero. It's been, you know, coded in, in, in the design is all zero feel. Um, and if you need that added inventory functionality, you can you can turn that on um, from within the buy flow once we go live. So, David, Ben, let's pivot to AI because that's the hot topic right now. And every time I go into zero and I code transactions, uh, I think, oh, man, when is zero going to have generative AI telling me which account I should be using and automatically filling in the vendor name. I mean, it feels like it could do this because I can copy paste that stuff into ChatGPT or into Claude and it can tell me if I give it the chart of accounts where I should put it. And it's pretty darn accurate. Like when are we going to start seeing that kind of automation in zero? And like, what are you doing with AI right now? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great, great question. And you probably remember standing on, uh, Rod standing on stage, I think, well, let me see, five, five, six years ago, Talking about the vision for, I mean, he, he was very proud of how we built the platform and how you, I want to get to a point where you wake up in the morning and basically Zero says, "Hey, here's all the transactions I've, I've coded overnight. Here's the ones I couldn't code um, yep. that, that, that we need some help with." And it's done that through looking at um, we've coded things out in the past. We also can see where the advisor. So if you've got your advisor in there and you're a me- you're a messy small business who your client your accountants often having to tidy up that coding, we can also see where the accountants tidying things up. And also at an, an aggregate level, we can start to see where businesses code those like-for-like expenses too. Um, so the structure's all there. We're already starting to do it in, in zero space for, um, it's been there for a while for suggestions. So when you get you see zero suggesting, that's actually using um, th- those suggestions, that's, that's where they're coming from. Um, the next vision is how do you move that? So it's just doing it right. So you basically, you know, our vision is still the same. How do you move to a world where it's almost code-free accounting or coding by exception? Um, so we're using the technology for suggestions. And as we think about the next phase, that's, that's how we how we want to go better. I'm really impatient. I'm like, why can't we have that um, now? We're using it across our uh, – so we have a lot of AI. Well, so the issue is right now is, like, is I, don't know, I don't know how it's happening behind the scenes, but – I know that if I code a transaction, a particular statement line to a particular vendor and a chart of account, then in the future, most often, you know, as long as that statement line looks pretty similar from the bank, I will get the suggestion for that vendor for that account. But it doesn't do it proactively. It does it based on the history. Whereas we know that generative AI could look at that vendor name, uh, the statement line. Do the work. And and esti- you know, figure out what is the best account without me having to do anything, uh, right? Yeah. So like that, I mean, are, why not Why not integrate right now with uh, OpenAI or with any of these tools that have these APIs? I mean, it seems like it could be done. I mean, I know people are building these tools that like can, can do that for us, um, like pull from the zero GL and then code the transactions automatically. Like this is doable now with Zapier, with Make, yeah, why why can't zero do it like today? Yeah, that's a great question, a great challenge. The team, so it's important for us. The teams are working on it. Um, there's some things for us to work through. So I know it was a great session at ZeroCon that our one of our EVPs of engineering, James Bergen, um, worked through, which is we're really focused in two areas around AI. How how do we save our clients time, which is really what this example falls into, right? 
how can we take away the need for our small businesses to actually code? So the software is actually doing that work for them so they can get quicker to the insight. So that, that's the first bucket of how we're thinking about where we put um, you know, leverage AI into the system. The second bucket is how do we then use it to get more smart around looking at the data and starting to do predictive insights. So we've already built some of that into our you know, our cash flow. Um, we have the 30, 60, 90 day cash flow analytics uh, insights tool that starts showing you where we think your business is going to be and some of the levers we think you should pull. So so the other two big buckets we're really focused on. One, save meaningful time for the customer through using AI and secondly, start to give them insights and analytics that they can make proper business decisions around. Um, we're being measured with it as well. Like obviously um, for us, it's kind of scary. The data that's in zero goes into the IRS. It gets used for tax um, calculations and all those things and we, we need to be very careful how we how we, you know, as we look at things like generative AI and, and using, say, the, G, the GPT platform, um, you know, there's, there's, there's implications to connecting those things. And so we, 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 the teams are busy working through. The good news for us, though, is we're born in the cloud. So, we, you know, while we're being measured, and I use the word we're excited and we're being measured, um, you know, the good news for us is we're born in the cloud. So our, our platform, we've got one global code base that's been only in the cloud. Yes, we're doing a lot of work around how we re-architect and modernize our platforms. There's a lot of what, what people probably haven't seen for the last few years is just the enormous amount of work going on underneath the hood in Zero. Like Zero is, you know, it's not the new kid on the block anymore. You know, Zero was um, it's, it's coming up 17, I think 17 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the original code base built out of an apartment in Wellington, and now you know well over three and a half million, three point eight million customers globally, globally operating the system. So over the last few years, we've had a lot of work going through various parts of the platform, modernising and fully re-architecting it, so that you know as we think about what does the next ten million customers look like in our next phase of scale. So a lot of work's gone in there, which helps us unlock going faster with AI. So we're we're using it parts of the platform now. We all want to see it used um, faster, and there's some very obvious use cases as you point out where we can go faster and actually take you know save our clients more time because no one, I don't even think accountants. I mean, I, I did my accounting degree, and, and reconciling a bank account was the least exciting thing. Um, I think we you know, none of us went to do accounting degrees based to do bank recs, right? So how yeah, me well. And, and my concern is that the AI is flashy and sexy, and that's why it's getting applied to doing short-term cash flow projections and dashboards and, you know, fun stuff like that that moves product. But honestly, it, it, it could be used to do some really boring work, like you said, like simply coding transactions and reconciling bank accounts automatically. And my fear is that, uh, you know, the the main GLs aren't doing that even though it's a real easy, low-hanging fruit opportunity because, yeah, it's not going to sell you more zero uh, huh. subscriptions, right? Yeah, But, I think but I... it would be hugely beneficial to accountants to have, you know, 90% of a bank rec done automatically for us. Yeah, I think and we've heard loud and clear, uh, actually, because it's similar, we've, we've recently published this AI guide after a big survey across 3,000 accounting and bookkeeping professionals across the, across the world, including here in the U.S., it's pretty loud and clear from like, you know, and this is the feedback I give to our product teams as well. Core accounting is the basics where all the magic, ha- you know, starts or, or doesn't happen. So let's really get back to making sure that we're innovating at the core. Um, and, you know, we're still, I mean, even in our recent product release, a lot of work going into how we get bank data into zero because we still know it's the ultimate unlocker. And then how do we process that data much faster? So I think you're spot on. It's the number one thing we hear from our customers is, you know, particularly as we've asked them around, where would you like us to see us go in the AI space? There is that sentiment of like, we're sort of getting a bit tired of all the glitzy, glammy, um, quick AI features that get sort of put out there. There's really core fundamental workflows 
that impact every client we work with. That if you you know you could take five ten minutes out of that part of the workflow times, so I've got a thousand clients. That's a really meaningful, um, you know, in, in a world where we have a huge labour shortage in the profession, and then being able to get to the more important stuff we can do with those clients. So we've heard that loud and clear, and it's absolutely where, you know, I think our AI guide and what we're talking about how we want to use AI is use it on stuff that isn't glitzy and glammy, use it stuff that's going to have meaningful impact on saving customers' time. Yeah, And you mentioned the AI guide, but I don't think we actually mentioned the title of it or where to get it. What is that guide? Yeah, so we um uh, we launched that uh, s- uh, recently, so I'm just going to I can give you the link or we can, we'll make sure we can send you a copy. So it's called Future Focus, Zero's AI Guide for Accountants and Bookkeepers. Um, we've pulled that together based on data and insights from surveying over 3,000 ABs around the world, plus our own internal experts in this space in Zero and other people externally in the profession that are working around it. So we just wanted it to be um, a resource. And what, what I'll make sure we do is we, we flick you the link um, to, to where you can get a copy uh, And we'll it. put it in the show notes for anyone who's listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube. Go down to the description, go down to the show notes and you'll be able to download this report. Some interesting stats in here. Uh, a third of small businesses are intrigued by AI while others are feeling anxious. Um, half of small what? businesses believe AI will be more helpful and have a positive impact on their people, processes, and workflows compared to 20% who said they believe it will be more harmful. So it's nice to see some positive coverage of AI. It's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, I think as people get in and play, my advice to partners has been like, we will watch the Terminator. So we've all, you know, we all, we all go through that scary scenario in our head and we have old Elon Musk running around reminding us what AI could do. Um, the best thing, and I said, it's almost like when Cloud came around, right? Like, get in, have a play, embrace it, learn about it, learn how to harness it. Um, don't, you know, if you keep it at arm's length, then you're going to miss the boat. Because um, I, I do think that there is, there is meaningful ways to use it in your practice. Um, so I'll give you an example from my own, from my own, my own mother, right? And so I, I was explaining to her chat GPT. Um, I said, look, you're not going to put private data into it yet because we're still sort of figuring those things out. But my mother is still working. Um, she is a very passionate person who often writes very lengthy, wordy emails. And I happen to be friends with one of her customers who's like, your mother's so cool, but she sends these ridiculously long emails. So I showed mom chat GPT and said, hey, write your beautiful email, copy it into chat GPT and say, can you make this a bit more succinct and direct, please? Um, and, and so, you know, mum went from being like terrified of it to just having a simple use case there, um, which is now saving her lots of time, but also helping with her customer interactions. And she's, you know, all, all about it. Yes, she's also watched The Terminator and is you know, worried it might come and kill her one day. But uh, I think as she starts to play with it, people see the use case where it's relevant. And so it's like any, any new technology, get in, learn it and, and be a part of um, how you drive it. And it's the same thing we take with our partners here. You know, you mean, Blake, you've been on XPAC. Um, you know, a lot of our great ideas for how we could be thinking about stuff is actually coming from our partners. And there are partners out there that are jumping in, playing with it. There's partners in there that love getting all the latest and greatest tools that any ecosystem ecosystem partners are using. Um, and so hearing from them is actually super powerful as well. Yeah, it feels like the table's set for you in a way from from applying AI in that boring way, right? It's not the sexiest yeah. feature, but you, you mean you have you have bank feeds, obviously, giving you half a transaction and you have HubDoc, which gives you, it scans and gives you 60, 70, 80% of a transaction. You have the zero expenses. So employees are, you know, possibly adding parts of transactions and where that AI comes in, it's like, because that's what a lot of accountants and everybody has to do, bookkeepers have to do. You have to be like, all right, they scan this, it's missing this data. Oh, but that's in the bank feed. Okay. That's, that's a match or that makes sense. And yeah. that's where AI could really 
pull these tools together, these these tools you guys already have in-house that are really separated. Yeah, the, the other one, so we're, we're thinking we're actually just launching some tests with it now. So firstly, um, bank statement extraction. So we still are seeing big growth of people that um, either the bank they're with doesn't give any accounting software vendor a good uh, feed of data, um, or they might need to get go back multiple months, might be a conversion client or something like that, and they can't get that from the bank feed. Um, or it might be a client that's not tech savvy, um, but it's still a very profitable client. And so they bring in the paper bank statement. So uh, one of the last sort of product launches we, we went through is bank statement extraction, which is leveraging some of the, uh, from the acquisition of HubDoc, um, where you, know, you can put a paper bank statement through a feeder, um, still happens. Um, and then the system can go to work using um, the extraction to actually pull that data out. Now, we're using AI in this part of the system, right? Because right now we're, we're being very careful to say, hey, these are the banks that we're happy with the quality that you can use it for bank statement extraction. In reality, you can actually upload any bank. Um, the system will tell you if things like are uh, the opening and balances matching, obviously things to make sure that the data feed you're going to push in is, is correct. Um, but we're using the AI there a lot to actually rapidly expand um, the amount of banks we can cover with that technology, um, and there's no human interaction. So as you know, a lot of the a lot of the softwares out there that do do that uh, part of the workflow have big chunks of people sitting in random places around the world um, that are actually making that seamless automated experience come to life. So we're actually using AI there um, to help with as well. The second piece is um, how our customers interact with us, right? So we have, an, I mean, the the platform at Zero now is quite. Uh, expansive across how a small business uses it, um, how an accountant and bookkeeper uses it. And so there's just so much um, information across all our help centers, Zero Central. Um, and again, sort of like finding the right answer is often hard. So we're starting to look at how we use sort of generative AI to have a conversation with Zero or go through things, think about how we make it easy to set up and onboard Zero, um, but particularly yeah. how you access data on how to use Zero. So you're not having to worry about. Um, you know, talking to someone here, you know, the system's actually having a human conversation with the system and it's surfacing up the relevant things to help you get, get going again. So, you know, here's something for your product people if they're listening. Find and recode. Why can't we chat with an AI chat assistant to find and recode transactions instead of having to go through those drop downs to yeah, you know, filter and find the transactions? Just I want to be able to say in plain English, you know, find all the payments that I made to David Leary and reclassify those as consultant fees or, you know, whatever, like for this particular time period. I mean, it feels like an AI, a gen AI with access to the the right levers and buttons could easily create that search for me. Totally. Well, I'll, make, I'll take this as my first action. So you probably saw our new chief product officer, Dia Jolly. She's uh, ex-Octa uh, and based in the Valley. So a lot of, lot of a lot of leadership uh, in Zero Now is landing here in, in the US, which is super exciting for um, for us globally. Um, and I'll, so I'll take the action to pass it on because I do think, like I look at, I, I always use the example, um, and I used to use this example a lot around fine recode, which is, yeah, like I don't want to have to go through and click the filters. I want to just say, hey, I know there's a husband and wife combo that run the coding. I'm the partner. I know the wife's super diligent, but I know the husband just codes everything to, to suspense or just throws everything in general. So can I just go, hey, Hey zero, go go find me all the transactions Ben's entered, um, and yep. go and, and he dumps them all in general suspense. Can you go bring them up and suggest to me where we could put them, um, which is a much nicer and easier experience than having to go through and cradle the filters. So I'll make sure I pass that on. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. There are so many opportunities around just the core workflows of yep. accounting, bookkeeping in Core Zero, 
Um, the, the, the functionalities, like Final Recode changed the game when we launched that. I remember, actually, was, Rod was launching a little bit of AI on stage in Melbourne. This would probably be seven, eight years ago, where you could start to type the description of an invoice and the system would code the item on the invoice somewhere and start to suggest mm-hmm. that based on some AI. It was the first. It was very, very early. And the, I remember the accountants in the crowd were all sort of like, you know, this stereo, there's a bit of woos. Um, and then he got up and then launched Find and Recode, the ability to, you know, quickly find someone who's done a mess with coding and recode it and there was a standing ovation. Um, so it's kind of, um, it's come full circle now where it's like, well, how do you take Find and Recode and apply that AI that we were showing years ago? Because those are the workflows that can really drive a meaningful impact. I mean, you know, I would love for that to happen, but in the meantime, um, consider... Consider, I've got you captive here, Ben, so I'm just going to give you all my unsolicited <laughs> I've got, feedback. I've got notes. So. Uh, well, you know, uh, ChatGPT now has plugins, and Avalara yeah. made a plugin so you can query tax rates for any address in the United States now. I mean, give make a zero plugin for ChatGPT so that I can authorize my ChatGPT Plus instance to access my zero GL data, and then I can go and query it. I mean, that could be incredibly powerful without you even having to build anything. So... Just, just wanted to throw that idea out there. No, that's and, good. Another, another reason to do that is now you can have all the accounts and bookkeepers basically tell you what they're actually going to use it for before you go and build something. <laughs> that's actually yep. well, some, because a lot of times we say yeah. we'll use it for this thing, and then you build it, and then we don't, right? So yeah. it's like if you actually give them the tool, then then see what they're using it for. Um, maybe that's one way to decide yeah. what to do because there's so many things. Anyway, that's that's the end of my unsolicited zero well, product su- advice. Super appreciate it. So you've given me some questions <laughs> for the rest of the day to, to go and chase chase those up. Um, but no. I mean, it, it's exciting, right? I, mean, I think I mean, in my travels around the US, I still meet so many firms that are still so early on their journey to getting to the cloud. I and know. Like, this whole AI revolution is hitting us so fast and you know, like, like, like that, that first step of getting your practice online so that you can get connected to your client better and you can start to unlock these you know, the massive AI opportunity that's, that's here today and coming even, coming even faster down the pipe at us. So it still baffles me how many people are still, you know, whether they're like Excel I, is still out there yeah, um, going that, strong for, for accounting. I mean, I, I just saw an article about a webinar about how to move to cloud. Like that is still a topic for webinars these days. And uh, yeah. yeah, let's hope that I think the AI stuff is going to finally pull all the laggards because can't do the AI without the cloud, and AI is going to do another 10x efficiency gain. Like, so. yeah, I think, I think too. I think there's, it's more than this. Is like if you look at what was that stat I saw recently that for every um, two accounting jobs open, or for every um, two candidates, there's only one candidate. So we've got a massive yeah. labor shortage going on. So we need. Um, and then the, the amount of firms that I meet in my travels and my teams that are looking to go beyond tax, looking to have more of a regular interaction with the client, looking to even just build on basic advisory, whether it be helping their clients or forecasting and cash flow, they cannot get there because of capacity challenges. Um, so like, like so there's a need now to, to have to do it. And I think the cool thing now is also, you know, I had a great laugh and chuckle and excited moment when I saw you guys rebrand this, the accounting podcast, because... <laughs> I am, I am still baffled that we are still talking about cloud, but <laughs> but cloud practices are becoming more of the norm now. Um, the services yeah. that they can provide on top of just end-of-year transactional tax are becoming more and more expected. Um, so I think there's more pressure on the mass market now to start moving. Um, and it's up to us as vendors. And we've had this chat in, in previous uh, catch-ups, which is 
let's not scare people. Let's keep in. And I think you guys do a really good job of this. And the vendors also need to play that role in this, which is it's all up, we, we want to sound as innovative as possible, but let's make sure we're taking the people on the journey, showing them the opportunities, hearing them, meeting them where they're at, and getting them started, right? So if, if they are at desktop, um, well, let's get you to the cloud first before we get too excited about um, um, and we'll use ChatGPT to help you write a better email um, and just sort of find out where's, where's the partner at and how do we get them on the journey. And, you know, you've got to show them the possibilities. Um, but I think everyone's doing a better job of that now because that is, you know, how do we make them, how do we, because you know, the, the profession is actually needed now more than ever. Um, and, I, and I think it has a really powerful role to play, um, but we're stuck. I mean, one of the funniest things I heard recently was, could you imagine, you know, if you think about your GP, your doctor, you go to for, for, for health, Imagine if they were unavailable for three months of the year because they were just too busy to see you. Well, um, then that's the <laughs> typical experience yeah, of most say, Americans yeah. with you've our healthcare system. You've been living in the states, right, Ben? No, I want to make sure your experience. Well, be a, so yeah, I, I did actually have to wait. Probably too much information for a doctor's point recently, but like accountants and bookkeepers do disappear for a long time, and so how do yeah. we get this regular interaction going? So, I think it's exciting. I think there's enough people doing it now. Um, there's a, there's enough people that are right at the edge of the edge of the curve and 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 changing the game, um, which is exciting. Because I, I do, yeah. I always say it's right. Like I'm from the profession. I still consider myself an accountant. I do my CPD and and uh, keep it up. And I, you know, what it, it's it's fun being on the side of the fence. Um, I think, you know, I think we've got a real. We have to rebrand the profession. I'm a bit worried. And DeAndre and I were talking about this recently. We've got all these, you know, councils and. Um, Committees being set up everywhere to talk about how do we rebrand the profession, how do we get more people coming into it. Um, well, I think we need to put those people on those councils and ask them um, because, you, you know, like we're still – I think when you look at some of the firms now, the type of services they're doing, the type of businesses they are, the opportunity excitement, If you know, even if you're an entry-level employee in them, it's totally different to what you expect. But I don't think the graduate community understand that. Um, so yeah. there's a massive rebranding challenge, and we've got to meet them where they are as well. And so I think, you know, we need to start including them more in 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 our, in our conversations. So for me, it's super exciting sitting on this side of the fence because I'm you know helping change the profession as a passion of mine. Um, but I'm super proud of what it is. You know, there's a there's a massive chunk of firms that are changing the game for their business clients, and that's that's who I'm proud of. And we just need to make that chunk bigger. And I think Zero deserves credit for helping to create a new image of accounting. Um, you know, when I started out in accounting as a career changer, Zero came to the U.S. and had this. I mean, the idea of beautiful accounting software was like mind blowing, revolutionary, and that you could have a beautiful accounting practice and a beautiful job. Um, and a lot of that messaging really resonated with me and inspired me to create my own business, my own accounting practice. And we got to figure out, I think, how do we spread that message to the accounting students and graduates that it doesn't have to be this corporate grind, that you can go somewhere yeah. else other than the big four. You can go somewhere else other than a giant Fortune 500 company. If you want, you can go work with small businesses right out of school. You can make a difference. And those are the people who are having the most fun in accounting. All the firm owners that I know that are really excited to go to work every day are the ones who are serving small businesses. And that's who Zero is building yep. software for. And these kids just don't know about it because their professors don't tell them. It's not an option, you know? Yeah, so, right, you up, know. right up to the ICPL, like who we promote as the 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 poster childs of, of the profession. It's often like, 
you don't need a suit and tie anymore. I, like, I think we yeah. finally realised that, like, I watched this research years ago when she was with us back in New Zealand, and most small businesses were scared of going to their accountant because the accountant would talk jargon. The accountant wore a fancy suit. The accountant was in this fancy office, and it made them feel, you know, the husband and wife couple, let's say, that are running a plumbing business, they felt scared to go there. They felt, one of the, one of the, like, I felt dumb. You know, I didn't want to ask a silly question. There was jargon being used, and, 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 and you know, you both know the same probably people across the profession now that have changed the, like, they meet the clients where they are. Um, yeah, they're dressed, they're dressed well, but, you know, realize that the client goes, hey, my experience and my power as your advisor is not this tie that I've got tied around my neck in a 110-degree Phoenix day. Um, it's actually, I'm wearing a nice clean-cut T-shirt. Um, I have a passion for the industry that you serve, um, and I know your business, and I also know your personal goals, and I'm getting involved more in that. So I think we are seeing people do that, and small businesses don't don't see the big fancy building or the, the clean-cut suit or the amazing jargon we talk as the the things that make us a professional. Um, it's the empathy, it's the advice, mm-hmm. it's the n- knowing the numbers. Yes, we're still going to know the numbers, still going to know the tax code. Like, yeah, they're, they're the, found, <laughs> the, the foundation stuff, but there is so much more. It's like I just – it's always why I've been stuck in my role here and excited about it is – is we've always been the trusted advisor, but I think at a, at a mass market level, we have failed to capitalize on that trust. Um, and, and, and it doesn't take much. And there's enough partners out there doing it now that are showing you what, and, 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 and they're having fun. I mean, you probably, you know, the same people, Blake, they're out, you know, I look at the, I've got a lot of them on Facebook as well, and they look like they're having a great time yeah. out there. So like, how do we promote them um, to the college grads? Because, yeah, what they think it is, I think the other thing too, diversity inclusion is a, is a big piece Um as well, when you look at firm ownership, it is still predominantly um, male and it's still predominantly white. Um, and when you look at the people coming out of college, it's starting to flip completely on its head around ethnicity and gender. So you've got a real disconnect um, yep. there. Um, so we need to we need to work. You know, there's a lot more work to do. I think the professions, you know, I wouldn't say is one of the leaders when it comes to this space. But again, you've got to you've got to look and feel like and connect to your customers that you're serving and the community that they're in. And so that is super, super important. So, yeah, it's kind of weird because I think it is, there's so much going well. There's so much to be excited about in the profession and and the opportunity that sits in front of it. But then there's also quite frustrating moments where there is so much to do and there's so many things still, you know, still holding it back. Well, it's creating a lot of opportunity. And if you want to go out and create that small firm now and you're willing to embrace cloud and AI, I mean, sky's the limit. I'd say it's even... I was an early mover when it came to doing the whole remote virtual cloud firm. And some people would say, oh, you know, that opportunity doesn't exist anymore. But I think with AI now, it's even greater. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can go off on your own, and you can make good money, and you can have a great lifestyle. Uh, and and you can do it with these awesome tools, including Zero. So, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. David, did you have anything you wanted to add before we go? No, I just, uh, I, I must say, huh. it was smart to sponsor the Women's uh, FIFA World Cup. We were sitting in the living room watching the USA uh, women's team play, and just the zero logos were all over the field. My kids were like, it's zero. It's zero. They recognized the logo everywhere. I don't know anybody else who recognized it outside of people in our space, but it was a lot of exposure. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. It was awesome for us globally. I've seen all the markets that we operate. It was really gutted to see Team USA. I was down at the final and gutted that the, the powerhouse team of Team USA didn't make it through, but I was super excited to see the, um, the New York Times coverage and the New York Times headlines of the zero burbles in the back. But for us, I mean, it's just, I mean, women's soccer is just, a, it's, it's so much alignment to what we're doing. So we're doing a lot of stuff with um, 
you know, most of those sports sponsorships, and it's sad, it's still this way, but you'll sponsor the men's league and sort of like the, the women's league as an add-on. And so with Zero, is really passionate. Like, no, we want to actually be one of the principal sponsors of women's soccer um, and, and do that in a really genuine way. So we're doing work across all our countries on how we help with, like, literacy and uh, soccer clubs because soccer clubs need the books done and financial literacy there how do you, and how do you support people into the sport as well so uh, sponsorships are great but it's how you activate them I'm really really passionate about how we activate it cool. properly and one last thing I'd love to share is um, for any business owners out there we launched the Zero Beautiful Business Fund um, so if you just Google X-E-R-O Beautiful Business Fund uh, for our Zero partners out there that have clients on Zero, they can go in the draw um, there's over 770,000 uh, New Zealand dollars um, there's a big chunk split up for each country so there's a big chunk for US small businesses as well um, and they can enter in sort of four key categories around innovating for sustainability trailblazing with technology strengthening the community connection or upskilling their business for the future um, they can go online pitch their business enter that and there's a whole lot of small business grants that they can win um, to help them out in those spaces so there's a whole big chunk ring fence for our US customers so if you're a zero partner out there and you've got US small businesses go along or uh, and check out the Zero Beautiful Business Fund. So I can help my clients apply for this. That'd be a, a good value Correct, add to yeah. this. Absolutely, yeah. So if you've got clients on Zero, um, or, or not even clients that are on Zero, if they want to have a look at it, they can go on, put their submission in, uh, and enter uh, into the draw. So uh, it's this exciting new initiative that we launched globally uh, just a couple of months ago. Ben Richmond of Zero, Country Manager, United States Chartered Accountant. Great to chat with you. Hope to see you again soon. Likewise. Thanks for having me. We'll uh, probably see you at the next conference. See you in Nashville. See you in Nashville. Ever wished you could earn CPE credits while on the go? Introducing Earmark the app revolutionizing the way accountants earn their CPE. Just listen to your favorite accounting and tax podcasts, whether you're driving to work, working out, or even doing chores. After you're done listening, take a quick quiz. Score 70% or higher, you've earned your CPE. It's that easy. Plus, with Earmark, you're not just ticking a box. You're actually learning valuable insights from top accounting podcasts. So why wait? Download the Earmark app now on iOS or Android and transform your listening time into CPE credits. Make the most of your day and stay ahead with Earmark.